Check, 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 check. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today's episode, we have Isaiah Castileja on. He was the strength and conditioning coach at MSU Denver, so that's how we connected there. He is currently working at Colorado School of Mines up in Golden. Isaiah played football in college before he moved to Denver and um, got his master's, but he's worked with the NFL, he's worked with NHL athletes, MLB athletes, um, Olympic swimmers, like he's worked with almost every sport. And it's really incredible to see just his versatility with different sports. I mean, I know with our women's soccer team, we had some of the strongest girls and it was awesome to see the environment he created in the weight room and with the team. On top of being a coach, Isaiah also runs a podcast called Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, and I'll link that in the bio, so if anyone wants to check that out, but Isaiah is the host, and he has different people in the strength and, strength and conditioning community, Whew, say that five times fast, in the strength and conditioning community to talk about their careers and what they're learning and what they're teaching and different programs they run, so really valuable tool if you're in that community and you want to listen. Isaiah is also the first father we've had on, I guess, that I know of, Um, but he is a big family guy. Um, His daughters are adorable. He has three girls, and one of them's name is Genevieve, so I'm a little bit biased, but I think that's a great name. So I also loved learning just about how he balances being a father, being a coach, being a husband, and also taking time for himself. I know I struggle with balance, and so it's always nice to hear someone talk about their life and how they take time for each part of their life and seem to do so, not effortlessly, but they seem to make priorities for things that they care about and find that healthy balance. The one thing I really valued and respected and learned from Isaiah was that he was often the first person in the weight room, making sure he had time to move his body and to lift before he was working with everyone else all day. So I think that priority he made for he knows he's going to be his best self if he's able to, he always says, get his rage out, get all his anger out before everyone else comes in is something I respect and value and will definitely take with me. And before we get going, just a little funny story to kick us all off. Isaiah, one time I was lifting, I was training for, um, there was a U.S. bobsled team tryouts and I didn't realize what I really signed up for. I saw it on Instagram. I was supposed to be sending out emails. Sorry, Tracy Chow. Um, And I saw this ad and I thought it was kind of a joke, but signed up for it and was telling Isaiah. And he he was like, oh, no way. I actually last year was training a girl for it. And she got pretty far in the tryouts. Like, sweet, let's start. We'll start next month and uh, I'll write a program for you. And so that was back in, I want to say, maybe December or November of 2019 and come 2020 of January I started training and got really strong and my clothes started to fit a little tighter leggings were fitting a little tighter and I was lifting one morning and it's probably 5 30 in the morning I'm with Isaiah and some of the interns were helping me and I went down for for a squat and stood up and realized my leggings ripped fully from the inner, my inner thigh to the other one. And my whole crotch was out. Didn't realize it at first. Was standing there and I was like, there's a little breeze I wasn't expecting. I kind of, I looked down and realized basically pants were split open. And Isaiah was like, all right, Jen, like 
you know, you've been taking a long break. Let's freaking go. Um, and I had to look at him and, and say, hey, I'll be honest. I can absolutely go, but I'm everything is out right now. And um, God, it was so it was so hilarious that like I wasn't even really embarrassed. I mean, I was, but there was nothing I could do about it. One of the interns gave me her sweatpants and I put them over my leggings and finished out my workout. And honestly, that story made me, I think I was like crying laughing so hard. It was hilarious. But yeah, Isaiah's a real one and uh, definitely one of the funnier things that's happened to me. Um, But anyways, Isaiah is incredibly talented, very, very smart, super personable. You look at him and he comes across kind of as a hard ass, which I'm sure he would appreciate me saying. And then he's just, I mean, super, super sweet. I felt really fortunate to work with him, work under him, um, learned a lot from him, and I got a lot stronger working with him. So, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm pumped. And I never know how to end these things. So without further ado, Isaiah. Welcome, welcome. We have Isaiah here at Metro, Mr. Denver. He was our strength coach for the women's soccer team. Um, worked with him as well a little bit when I was training. And then he is at Colorado School of Mines now, so just up the road. But pumped to have him on. He works with all the teams at Mines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So he works in um, weight room and all that. So he pretty much built up that at metro now he's over at mines cranking out that program football team's crushing it i saw all the all the good things but excited to have him on talk about as a coach and helping athletes in that transition period after athletics and working into life yeah absolutely thanks for having me i think this side of the narrative that of the the collegiate athlete transitioning out is something that's not very to, like told very often. So I think it's a great podcast that you have here. Thank you. Obviously, you have a little bit of a sport background. You have played football mm-hmm. most of your life. So yep. with that, and then transitioned right into coaching. Yep. How is that transition for you from football playing to coaching? I think it was a smooth transition for me in the sense of I was a pretty decent athlete everywhere, but, and I was actually, I I would say even a very decent athlete, but I noticed in high school, once everybody like hit puberty and we were all equal on the same playing field, I I was no longer just the fastest. Like there's like a handful of us up there. And I noticed a couple of the kids that worked out, hit that next level. So I, I naturally started working out in high school and then I mean, once you get to the collegiate realm, for the most part, there are very few colleges or universities out there that don't have some version of a strength coach or performance coach. So once you get to that level, it's, it's just part of the gig. And then always being a weight room guy, I thoroughly enjoyed my transition into uh, doing what I love. It's not an easy road. I could at least now look back on it and say, I do what I love. So it was the transition for me 
I mean, I've always been an athlete, always like being around athletes. I like being around the teams. And I think that's another reason why I gravitated towards the collegiate or team setting, because I, I like the camaraderie, being a coach filled that gap of when I stopped being an athlete and it, it you know, filled that gap of not being a part of a team as an athlete and where I could like, I could be a part of a team as a coach. And, and luckily a strength and conditioning coach, I'm not just a football coach or I'm not just a, a soccer coach, even though I, I don't play soccer that often, but I, I'm a city champ from first grade though. Um, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but it, it allowed me to be amongst a lot of different teams, a lot of different cultures. It, it fills the void and I, I love what I do. And I think for me, I spent a small time in the business realm and I think it helps me out now because I run a podcast and I have an MBA and everything. So it's helped me navigate my way through my career. But when I wasn't in athletics, I was miserable. So um, yeah, this is what's helped me make my career. Yeah. What do you do? I guess like your own little secret sauce when you help the athletes transition, like what's something that you tell them or work with them on? And there's a, there's a few things. The first thing is you're not an athlete anymore. And just it's come to realization of that. And it's, it's a tough realization because at the collegiate level, you all are great. And even like you, even you coming out of the college of Charleston, like you guys were all very high level functioning athletes and you guys, and your identity, essentially, when did you start playing uh, soccer? When I was like four, maybe five. Okay, so like, let's say five, because I'm, I'm not good at math, like the engineers I coach, but let's say like five, and then let's say you get done at 22, 23, or 24, whatever it may be, like, that's essentially almost, you know, 17 to 20 years that you have been a soccer player. That's like your identity, essentially your whole life. So coming to terms with the fact that you're not that athlete anymore is tough. And then being going to the pro level and I know everybody has ambitions of doing that, but you realize how good those people are and how hard it is to get there. Um, but come to the realization that you're not an athlete anymore and you don't have to train like an athlete anymore. Cause I know when like the soccer team would come in and, and I mean like, like they're during camp, like you're going two days, you know, really early to get there. And then you're going to come work out with me. And I know you're beat from running 120s or whatever. You guys decided to mess up and then get, get the punishment for. And then you guys got to go back and do it. And then the long season that is any version of collegiate sport, it's not that anymore. You don't have to, your, your body is not what you're going to get paid for now. It's, it's what you're like working for and what you, what your, what your, your mind's able to make. So I think it's just getting the athlete to realize like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be working out four or five hours a day. You don't have to put up the numbers that you used to when you're maxing with us. It's just what we're training for there is strictly to be, have a better athlete that can go out and compete against high level athletes and, basically just wins and losses, but that's just not normal. Like that's why 
every athlete's story or every athlete's career ends eventually just because it's just not sustainable. You don't have to train or look like that anymore. And I think the other big thing is, I mean, you're going to have injuries. If you don't have injuries, you didn't play or you didn't do anything when you're there because sport is, we take a really healthy, high-level fit body and we push it to the point of so much stress that the tissues start to tear or break down. Did you have any knee injuries or anything or shoulders? Uh, both. <laughs> both? Okay, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, um, it's just, and then all but it's just like we take a very high level fit 20 year old and we'll push your body to the point where it will break down where all your joints are getting surgery and everything so it's it's not a healthy process for the body it's like you're physically in shape and you look great and perform well but we push that body to the point of breaking so another thing is a lot of athletes coming with injuries like I mean I my, my big thing is my shoulders and my back like it's just their shot so getting them to realize like that pain is just going to be that small price you paid to live the life that you did at a high level and we could alleviate some pain and the, the big thing is like we want to avoid surgery but that's not even always avoid avoidable like have you had any surgeries um no I actually so yeah, knock on wood. That's I great. should have. Yeah, I you, didn't. yeah exactly. So, <laughs> I wish you, I did now, but yeah, yeah, you probably should have, but you didn't. I I know I had a shoulder uh, surgery on my shoulder, and it's just like it's just that pain you take with you, and hopefully, like, I even mean, like even, picking this mug up, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly right. That's like, exactly where I feel it too. Is like, and surgery is not always the pro, uh, solution. Like I know tons of people have plenty of surgeries and they just live with that arthritis and that pain, but just helping them not romanticize the life after athletics. Like yeah. it's just what it is. Like you're going to have injuries, you're going to have aches and pains and let's help get your body moving, you know, correctly. Let's just get you, keep you moving. Cause I know the what's difficult for not just athletes, just for people's inactivity or being like, you know, not moving at all once you get out of your early 20s and it catches up to us all. So just keep moving. Yes, what unites all former athletes is like, like we, we've been there before. Because if you don't have any scars, you, you didn't actually practice battle. with your preacher. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't yeah. go to battle. So, yeah, um, so it's a, a thing that unites us all, but teaching them how to best we can alleviate it, but know you're going to live with it. And then also just keep moving, but it doesn't have to look like what you did when you were in college. What I loved about like, even like watching y'all coach and when I was like working with you was, I felt like I learned so much that I now take with me, whether it's when I train people, when I train myself, whatever it might be. And I think that's the beauty of the strength coach in y'all's relationship with athletes is that since you're not you're not our head coach and so mm. you can have that personal relationship and it's one of one that like might last into past teams sure. yeah absolutely and even w with women's soccer and you and don't get me wrong like the women's soccer team the, the teams that i've trained like they were the strongest athletes like per pound that we've had but in general a lot of the 
female athletes don't in general, there are a few at like types of sports that tend to like have strength coaches, either if you're lucky enough to have it at the high school level, like a Texas, California, Florida school, or you're able to get your own personal trainer or own strength coach leading up to it. But for the most part, the women's soccer athlete is not coming out of high school or their club team, like jacked and ready to go. They're just, you know, I've never lifted a weight before or whatnot. And it's not just the female athlete, but all athletes just getting comfortable being in the weight room. It's loud. We got good music. We like to have a good time, but overall it's just like, Hey, I'm not going to make you go back squat, you know, 315 pounds. Let's just do a body weight squat give it a little tempo so you could feel it burn a little bit. And I'm glad you brought that up, but just pointing them in the right direction. Like, Hey, this is how to do a, a, a squat correctly where we can save your knees and, and your lower back and your hips and stuff. And it's not, I'm not going to knock it, whether it's a body weight squat, front squat, goblet squat, you know, high bar, low bar, doesn't matter. Like here's the squat. So when you're done here and you're at 24 hour fitness, wherever you're like, all right, this is what a squat should look like because mm-hmm. Isaiah said it a hundred times a day, every day for four or five years. So yeah, I, that's what I hope a lot of my pre former athletes I'm talking to them is just education. Like here, take care of your body. You know, let me worry about the sets and reps. You just worry about the technique and hopefully you can take it with you. How do you think your experiences dictate how you're helping athletes or how they see you? In like, in what way? Um, I guess when you're coaching and just as a role model, as a coach. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I work out every day and just because that's where I hide my emotions and my rage is <laughs> like, I just lift. So I just, I'm, no I'm always, I'm pretty even keel, like for the most part, but what I tell my athletes and cause the athletes come in all different shapes and sizes. Like, I don't care what you look like, as long as you go out and ball, like, you can look like a pile of Play-Doh, but if you go and go triple-double every single game, like I'm not going to say anything to you at all. But um, for me as the strength coach, and I always tell my staff, my interns, I was like, you know, we're not 20. Like I'm a little bit older than that. So we don't have to look like the 20-year-old version, like ripped, but you have to at least look the part. You have to be strong and have to, you know, work out and have to practice what you preach because it's tough to hear, especially when it comes to working out and fitness. It's tough to take instruction or take coaching from somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. And that's, I think, a big part of our profession is like, you know, you got to get out of the theory, everything. I mean, it's good to read your books and have all your education, but eventually you're going to have to get your ass under a barbell and know what it's like to struggle. I tell it to all my athletes, like, I know what it feels like. I know what you're going through. Like I've been through those sets and reps and especially when you were training right before COVID happened and all that happened, like you were going through some pretty tough advanced training and like there are days when like the tempo is slow or you have to do ISO when it's just, you're sitting there waiting with hundreds, yeah, hundreds of pounds in your hand or on your back. It's, but at least I could say like, yo, Jen, I know what you're going through. I know it hurts and you'll survive. Like you'll be through it. Very few people or nobody that I know have ever died under a barbell. So like, yeah. it's not that bad. Like, like you just, it's gonna, it's might gonna feel hurt. like you will. 
you might feel like I you feel will in that like... moment in that moment and a few days after but eventually you'll realize like oh, i'm getting better i'm getting stronger i'm seeing the seeing the results i didn't give any background context now that i'm thinking about it to anyone listening i was training for bobsled and mm-hmm. isaiah was programming all of my workouts and stuff and i mean like spotting stripping racking all the bars and stuff and i was like putting up some insane weight that i'm literally never probably ever or will ever lift again um rip through two pairs of leggings yeah so but yeah i forgot about i forgot to give context to that but no yeah it, um, it was pretty impressive considering you were a d1 uh soccer player and yeah. you still had that fire in you because it's it's tough for the most part anybody that tries to go back into that realm of being an athlete because how long did i see it was like a year or two after you got done yeah it was a year and a half yeah a year and a half enough time that i like had taken off and just been like hanging out i worked out but i wasn't like yeah exactly for anything so to be that competitive to go and come back into it most of the time i've seen athletes just quit because like i said that's a different type of training like what you do at 24 even what i do at 24 fitness versus what you were doing to prepare to try to be on the bobsled team was just outrageous but and 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 it goes back to what you said like i i tend to put myself through all the programming that i give my athletes so i won't introduce a type of programming to my athletes or you and as a, a single athlete unless I put myself through it first, just so I know that stress on that body. And I know what it feels like. And the one you went through is probably the one I've had the highest amount of strength gains or yeah. all my, all my PRs have come from that type of training, but it also, literally all mine. yeah, exactly. But I, I did it first. I want to say about five months. I did it consistently after I had to take a month off because like my body hurt because yeah. you know, I was just, a very stressful, stressful type of workout with high, high results, but it takes a toll on the body. And it's typically safe for athletes who are uh, kind of on the quadrennial cycle, like the Olympic type of athletes where, you know, you have only one or two, maybe qualifying events a year. And then every four years you have an Olympic qualifying event. So that's the type of training where we know for sure we got time to plan. You got time to recover and we could build up towards that. No, it was awesome. Like everything that came out of your mouth, I was like, all right, I trust it. Here we go. And then I'd go in and it was nice. I think it was a great experience um, seeing the way you, A, run a program as far as programming things, but also managing interns and managing Mm. um, assistant coaches that work under you to help and teach them it was it was awesome to see just from a outsider's view coming in all my assistants for sure and i'd say about 95 percent of my interns are all former collegiate athletes and they they got bit like from by the bug like i did that they were just like i love the weight room and mm-hmm. there's something something to it and even one of our best interns was uh McKenna Brassard, who's on the soccer team. And it's just, like I said, I try to build a team environment amongst even my staff. So it's a good way for, like I said, for previous or former athletes to find that outlet of 
still being a part of a team. Like if you like lifting and working out, you can go do that every day at a world-class facility and still be able to be around athletics, but not have to be an athlete. It's cool seeing and being a part of other people's journey. I'm not working with current collegiate athletes or current professional athletes, but working with people who played in college, played professionally, played on Olympic teams, like, mm-hmm. and still seeing now their parents, now they're, they're in this bit different phase of life, but they're still able to use their body because they took care of it and sure. are still performing these athletic movements that they don't have the stress of, I need to perform and keep my place on a team or this and that, but they still yeah. are able to like do what they love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty spectacular. Oh, I definitely great. got bit by the bug too. And yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's great. I started out, I worked at a 24 hour fitness and I was a personal trainer. Um, I might be dating myself, but maybe like 15 years ago and before I decided to become a strength coach and like work exclusively with athletes. And it's the same thing. All my personal training clients, I was like, it's really cool to see. I mean, I even had like a six year old woman who had been in corporate America her whole life. And then she got tired of just doing yoga every day because she felt like she was getting weaker and she wanted to get stronger and then um you know work her out let her know like the science behind it says like it's helpful to be strong you don't have to you know you're not going to compete in a powerlifting meet but like go in there get strong and feel more confident and i think now she's actually a a group x instructor and a yoga instructor because she just fell in love with it too and so she retired she retired from corporate america and went right right into it so oh that's awesome uh, yeah it's it's very empowering whether it's an a walk-on freshman that worked their way up and got on scholarship and seen playing time or even the all-american who broke their own records or just anybody in the real world out there just staying fit and staying healthy. It's, it's empowering. It's, it's good to know that you're helping people achieve goals. What significant life changes did you experience when you were done playing? And then after that, uh, like physically or mentally or which one either any, all of them. Yeah. Oh man. So I was so tied into, I knew going even into college, I wanted to at the time I wanted to be a personal trainer cause I didn't know going, going into college that strength coaches existed. And then when I got there, I saw strength coaches existed. So I, I always wanted to be a strength coach for me being able to, it's weird. I have had a unique, I, like I said, I, I, t- I dabbled in business and it was mostly because, you know, family and parents are always like, I've never heard of a strength coach. So like, yeah. like, like go get, go get a real job. But for me to able to know for so long, I was like, I always wanted to be in the weight room and whether it was like a personal trainer or once I realized what strength coaches were and how to get there has always been a strength coach. It was for me, I don't know. I've never had an identity crisis. I knew from the get go where I was like, this is it like, you cannot stop me from this goal. And it's unfortunate. It took so long to, to get to where I am now. Cause I know the path for any coach, whether you're a women's soccer coach, a football coach, a strength coach is just 
on the collegiate side, it's just, it takes a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. Just back and forth going through nonsense, volunteering, graduate assistance, whatever you, whatever your path is, it just takes time. But um, for me is always a strong, strong, I guess, call or strong, like very acute focus. I knew very quickly, I was, I'm not an NFL athlete. Like I'm not an NFL athlete. I'm not even an elite D1 athlete. I'm, I knew quickly where my abilities were. So I, I always stayed in the weight room and I always knew that eventually that would be my call. And yeah. um, so for me, that transition, uh, for me, I've always just been like, what's the next step to be a strength coach? What's the next step to be a strength coach? And then I realized I was like, all right, it's a master's and interning. So I was like, all right, that's all I'm going to do. And even working my side jobs to become a strength coach or get my way through undergrad and my graduate school was always personal training. I was like, if I'm not in a collegiate weight room, my ass is in a, a normal person weight room, yeah. practicing, reading and implementing stuff. And cool thing is, you know, some of my personal training clients, I was like, well, this is what the football team did. So here's, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. Granted, it was like a much lighter version of it, but I'm like, look, it's still, they saw results because I was able to like tailor it to them a little bit. Yeah. And then I saw results and I better understood what the coaches around me were implementing. So I was able to do that. And I think it always sharpened me. And when I was working my way up, it helped me. So yeah. I don't know how many people on your podcast previously have had like a strong calling or like, it's tough where it's like, like I knew for sure I was going to be a marketing executive or I knew for sure I wanted to go into real estate. So after it was a quick transition, but for me, I knew. I'm thinking, I think it's just like, from what I'm remembering there, like uh, Jordan Angeli, she she talks about that like she was like I didn't really know and then all of a sudden I was like boom this is where I want to be this is what I want to do I'll do anything to get there and like you're not sure. getting in my way I mean even for me I think at 16 when I started working out and I realized like you know I'd go with my mom to the rec center and I'd see the personal trainers there and I was like I mean what is there more to life than lifting and like having a good time so I, even at a younger age I knew I'd always be around it and my mom, she she loved Arnold Schwarzenegger and she loved him just because he looked good. And this was like in the 90s. So he was in his like his prime then. Um, so he looked good. And so she always had muscle and fitness and all his books around the house just to look at him. And then I started reading them when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, just to read his programming and what he was talking about muscles. And I was like, dang, like I could actually make my biceps bigger by just like working out. So I knew from a young age, I was like, I always going to be in the weight room. So might be a little bit of a meathead, but I'm very intelligent meathead. Spoken <laughs> like a true meathead. Yeah, exactly. What, what is there more to life than lifting? Yeah, they, I literally. It. I mean, like when you get older, I mean, I get my you know beautiful wife and kids and, but it's still like, it's like family and strength conditioning and don't bother me with anything else because I'm I'm not really interested in it. That's a great transition. I, I wanted to ask before you became a dad and then after you became a dad, I haven't, yeah. I don't think I've had um, a parent on like, Oh, nice. I'm a first, I'm the old man first. in the group. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but what that looks like and how that's changed, you know, 
uh, everything, obviously. Sure. It's sure, uh, like scheduling. I, I mean, that's always going to be a night, nightmare oh. until the kids get their uh, license. And then it's just a different kind of stress. But uh, I mean, for me, before I had kids and I didn't have kids until I was 30. So I was very much like, like I, I told you, even maybe been detrimental for the people, not like close family or even friends, but uh, like acquaintances in the field. Like I would bury your ass if you even try to get close to me or like in my way or doing anything what I was doing. Cause I just saw you as competition and I never slandered or cut anybody's throat, but I was like, I will be like, I'll outwork you. Like you yeah. cannot beat me. Like I cannot be beat. Like once I decided to go back to first strength and conditioning, I did four years of undergrad in two years and at a 4.0 GPA, I was taking 24 credit hours and I was working close to 20 or 30 hours as a personal trainer. I was like, I mean, I was 24 at the time, yeah. 25. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't need to go party. And if I do want to go party, it's just one day on the weekend. Like, I'm just going to study and I'm going to read and I'm going to work and get through. So I was able to get through all that. And I was hell bent. It was just hell or high water. I'm going to be a full-time strength coach. Uh, and at, at that time, I had ambitions to like, depending on the level, but then I realized just, I don't care about the level. Like I will D1, D2, D3, no matter where it's at, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to get paid. So all the way up until 30. And luckily she was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife now she was getting her, her doctorate. And she, I was like, look, the, being a strength coach sucks. Like it's going to require a ton of time. I'm going to be volunteering and turning. I'm going to be having to go get all of my bachelor's and my master's. And she's like, well, I'm going to go get my doctorate. So like, we'll be in the same boat. Like I get it. So she was very, very supportive. And we were both working at something very high level that took a lot of effort. So for her eight years becoming a doctor. And then the, for me, it took about six years to become a full-time strength coach. It was helpful to have that, uh, that person at least for me to like, I get it. Like, let's, if we're going to go through suck, let's go through the suck together and just like, we'll get through it. And when it was time to have kids, you know, we had kids and it, it all changes. Like for sure. I'm lucky. I'm the benefactor of the hard work and the really lack of sleep and all the nonsense <laughs> that has to happen just to get to become a professional. Like, you know, we we're talking about before just like grad school is grad school sucks. And I, I got two masters and like, I, I hated every bit of it. And but like you said, I, I love learning and I love being a part of that learning process, but I said the exact same thing to my, my wife and my staff. I was like, if I mentioned PhD or another masters, like you slap me like hard. And so I don't, so I don't do it, but if I can get all the most difficult aspects of being a professional out of the way before I was 30, I could just, reap the benefits of that after so you know and I had kids and I think the big thing with having a family or just even like a significant other I mean we have a dog and that was our kid for a while I think it's a very changed me for a much better way because I mean once I had kids and like we're and I have a set of twins so that whole life is just outrageous um but looking back on it now I, I 
tell my wife all the time. I was like, I don't know how I didn't get a PhD before I had kids. I was like, free time was like abundant, even though I complained about it all the time. I, I was like, there's always free time. And now with kids, it's like, there's never a down moment. Like the only down moment I have is when I'm sleeping. So it's like, all right, all right. So you get better at game planning your day. And I think it's just really cool because you get to not focus on yourself. And I, I do focus on myself and I have a very successful career, but you know, it's really cool to think like every action I take has to revolve around kids. Like you now somebody else, like this little human being and granted it's tough, especially with their ages they are now. And I was like, man. What are they like? Three, four, six, and four. My my oldest is six. six my twins are four. Two, four. Oh yeah, gosh. two four year olds. So it's just like, man, I hope these kids don't become little shitheads. But um, then I realized like nobody's taught them not to do that. Like you get to teach somebody not to do that. And I don't know. It's a big change in perspective. Like it's just not about me anymore. It's not all about me. It's like my job as strength conditioning is the easy part now. So it's just like. I think the big thing for me is not so much, I don't, I, I remember what it's like to, especially at my oldest age, he's six. I definitely remember instances when I was six and my interactions with my dad or, or with my mom. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm working something, especially now where it's like, all right, they're going to remember this. So, you know, do it right and have fun so they can look back on it fondly like the rest of us we do. Before yeah. that, when they're when they're little, little, it's it's tough because like you're not gonna remember this, and you definitely don't remember staying up all night and feeding kids and changing diapers. But now when they're getting older, like about one of my oldest, a bow and arrow, it's like all right, we're teaching her how to do a bow and arrow, and it's like, that's awesome. Cool. Or she's like should play soccer. They played softball and stuff. I'm building core memories just like my parents did with me. Yeah. I'm sure doing things you love with them, which yeah. will translate to their their yeah, lifestyle. And at Christmas, there was a dumbbell on the floor at, at their grandparents' house, and they all of them lifted up and they started doing lifts and doing push <laughs> presses. Push presses, and their grandpa thought they're gonna hurt themselves. I'm like <laughs> they've seen it before, so they're strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get it. It's, I mean, it's family's everything. Whether it's uh a wife and kids or husband and kids or whoever, whatever you choose. Like it was a fur baby. Like it's just really cool to have those people in your corner that don't care if I'm an elite level strength coach, like I'm just dad. So yeah. it's, it's really cool. So it's, or whether it's your friends, like you're not Jen Henny, the, the backbreaker at Traverse. Like you're just, <laughs> you're just Jen. Like you're like, like they're, they're people, you know? So yeah. it's, it's always no, good to have, have, have those people in your corner. It's been great. And the, and the big thing is, and I mean, I have a 24 year old on staff and she's like, I could not imagine having kids. And I was like, I was in the same boat as you. Like, yep. absolutely. Like I didn't have kids till I was 30. So like focus on yourself and, and just know your transition out of being an athlete. It doesn't have to be a sad one or it doesn't have to like bring remorse, like, you know, there's people here that, like I said, I've been it, you've done it. I, we can look to professionals like us and just be like, hey, like, there's there's definitely more to life. Don't get me wrong. Like, you're, I don't know why you're a Jags fan, but you're a Jags fan. <laughs> yeah, you're a Jags fan. I don't know fan. either. Yeah, I don't know you, either. <laughs> yeah. 
and you're a soccer fan and like you could you know take it with you and you know the sports and everything and and have fun with it but like there is a light at the end of the tunnel just know you don't have to do the same workouts that you did because even if you took six months to a year off and then you try to pull out one of your old workouts and try to do it you will get buried and you will get stapled but just know just any kind of movement helps and you're going to take that pain and those scars with you but you know take pride in it because you did something that um, most of the population say they can't they've never done so yeah oh well thank you so much for that insight I know it's it's awesome to have different perspectives and the whole point of this is to build that community of someone might relate to that what you're saying and your story so much more than than mine or vice versa and it's cool to have that and look ahead and know okay you know this was their path and maybe I can do something similar or use that to help me yeah absolutely yeah like I said most of my um 100% of my staff have been former collegiate athletes and I think actually most of the strength coaches in the country have been a former athlete at one time. There are some that slipped through the cracks and I think it's tough because like, how are you going to tell your athletes to force them, you know, get eight hours of sleep and eat well and not stress when you've never had a study for a final go practice and go lift and go worry about the game on the weekend. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's always good to know, like there's outlets for you. So it's always good to find that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, um, and I appreciate it. So good yeah, to see your absolutely. face. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Good, to, good to see you too, and uh, we'll catch up here soon. Yeah.